Welcome to Choice Classic Radio. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and help keep this show alive by donating at choiceclassicradio.com. For more of your favorite old-time radio shows, join us on our companion podcast, Choice Classic Radio Mystery, Suspense, Dramas, and Horrors, where we bring to you the most mysterious tales that the golden age of radio had to offer. And now... With over 200 episodes made, originally airing on NBC Radio Network from 1944 to 1950, we bring to you Boston Blackie. I don't know what you can tell, Mr. Kingston, sir. His credit manager insisted we pay him the money we owe his firm and pay it immediately. I'll tell him something. If he ever gets on this telephone, I've been holding the line waiting for him for five minutes now. I tried to tell the credit manager we'd take care of the matter, Mr. Burton, but he wouldn't listen. And frankly, sir, I've run out of excuses. I understand. I think... Yes, Kingston, now. Oh, Charlie... Charlie, this is Ralph Burton. Oh, hello, Burton. I have a memorandum on my desk to call you. Yes, I know. I called because I want to explain about that money we owe you. Oh, the amount is $30,000, isn't it? Yes, and Charlie, I don't have it. I'm up against a brick wall right now. I'm pressed for cash. You've got to give me time. Well, I'd gladly give you another 30 days, Burton, but, but the board of directors turned me down. They insist on immediate payment. And I wish there was something I could do for you, Ralph, really, but, but there isn't. I've no control over my directors. Uh, they're insisting that you pay what you owe or they want to put you in bankruptcy. Well, I won't kid you, Charlie. There's no way I can pay you now. Bankruptcy will only ruin me permanently. Give me time, please. Yours isn't my only obligation. Everybody wants money. I don't want to appear hard, Burton. There's nothing I can do. I guess it's your problem and it's up to you to solve it. Yes, yes, I suppose that's right. This isn't your fault, Charlie. There's only one solution to my problem. Yes, I'm afraid there's only one way out for me. And now, meet Dick Calmer as Boston Blackie. Enemy to those who make him an enemy. Friend to those who have no friend. <laughs> Coming. Well, hello, Mary. Come on in. Thanks, Blackie. Are you spending a quiet evening at home? I was, till now. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to pick you up for half an hour, right? Yes, but I had to do some shopping, and I found myself near here, so I thought I'd drop in and save you the trip. We can go to the movies from your apartment just as well as from mine. Suits me. I was just finishing this newspaper, anyhow. Kind of dull. Not an interesting murder in it. Oh, murders aren't interesting. They're practically deadly. <laughs> That's the general idea of the murderer. Glad you like it. Um, just before I left my apartment, I was reading the story on the suicide of Ralph Burton. Did you read it? The Burton, the textile man? Yes, here it is on page one. Faraday gets billing in it. Seems that the good inspector, after duly inspecting the body, the gun found in Burton's hand, and a suicide note, quite expansively announced Burton as a suicide. And despite the fact that the inspector thinks it's suicide, you don't think it is? Oh, Blackie, don't you feel well? I feel fine. 
But Faraday's right most of the time, Mary. Only time he isn't is when he doesn't agree with me. Said he modestly. (laughs) Somebody has to say it, and if I don't, who would? (laughs) Well, let's talk about the movie we're going to see. Shall I find out what's playing? Might be an idea. Ah, well, let me see. At the uh, Dorian... Uh Uh-oh. Well, we have a visitor. Could be no movies tonight, if it's the right kind of visitor. Come in. Uh, Hello, Blackie, Mary. Charlie Kingston. Come in, Charlie. Charlie, Blackie and I are going to a movie. Want to come? Well, some other time, perhaps, Mary. Blackie, I must talk to you. Well, of course, Charlie. Go right ahead. What's the trouble? It's the suicide of Ralph Burton. Uh, have you read about it? Yes, of course. Well, he owed me a lot of money, Blackie, and he called me today. Uh, perhaps I was a little too rough. I, I didn't realize his back was up against the wall. Oh, I'm sure you didn't, Charlie. Well, what about it? I suppose you did pressure him a little. You're not censuring yourself because he killed himself, are you? Well, yes, I am. I want you to do something about it. What could Blackie do? Well, he could find the real reason Burton killed himself. A reason that maybe wouldn't be connected with me. Go ahead. Go ahead, I'm listening. Well, Inspector Faraday, it's all in the formation of the letters. Uh, Here's how we know the Burton suicide note was genuine. Absolutely and unquestionably. Uh, Here are dozens of letters we know he wrote. Uh, Here's his suicide note. Mm. They sure look the same to me. They are the same. I've been handwriting expert on your staff for 20 years, Inspector, and there isn't any doubt that one man wrote the suicide note and the other letters. Absolutely and definitely. Okay, Flint. That's what I thought when I said Burton's death was suicide. Thanks for agreeing with me. I guess this case is closed up tight. What's closed up tight? Apparently it isn't your mouth. Blackie, what do you want here at headquarters? In, for one thing, Faraday. Who's your friend? He's our handwriting expert, Joe Flynn. And I've really got to get back to my office, actually and positively, I mean. I'll see you later, Inspector. Well, Blackie? Faraday, why did Burton commit suicide? How should I know? And there's no way of asking him now. Well, I want to know why he killed himself. And I've got news for you. I'm going to find out. You're going to find yourself out. Out on the sidewalk if you don't lay off this case, Blanky. It's closed. Sealed and solid. Sounds like a description of your head. Uh... It was closed, sweetheart, but I'm reopening it. And I'm warning you, Faraday, stay out of this case. I don't want any interference from you. Ah, uh, interference from me? Don't be silly. I'm through with Burton. He's a suicide. He probably had a reason to kill himself, and as far as I'm concerned, I don't... Who are you telling to stay out of a case, Me? See how silly that sounds? Now, maybe you'll stop saying it to me whenever I come around to help you. Make your bets, please, ladies and gentlemen. Deal draw at 16, stop at 17. Already? I guess you're the only one who cares for blackjack, Mrs. Burton. I'll have a card. Yes, yes, of course. Slide it right out of the box and to you. Uh, six. Another? Mm-hmm. One more. Right. An eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, another? Uh, no. No, I'll stay with these. Very well. I turn my bottom card over. That's a queen. That's ten. I take mm-hmm. a card. A three. Thirteen. I draw one more. Jack, I'm over. Yes. You win, Mrs. Burton. Mm-hmm. Kindly turn your cards up. Yes, of course. I have uh, a four, a six, an eight. Eighteen. Right. Right. Play again? Um, yes, I think so. Make your best, please, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mrs. Burton? Yes? Uh, somebody would like to see you in the boss's office. 
see me? That's right, ma'am. Who is it? I, I don't know. Mrs. Burton, he didn't say, but it must be okay with Tony. He wouldn't be using the office. That doesn't mean it's all right with me, but uh, I'll find out in a minute. I'll show you the way, Mrs. Burton, if you want. No, never mind, thank you. I know the way. You uh, might tell Tony, though, that I want to see him, if you can find him. I'll tell him, Mrs. Burton. You uh, wanted to Close see him. Close the door, me. Mrs. Burton. Yes, I wanted to see him. I'm Boston Blackie. I want some information about your husband. By the way, you don't look very heartbroken. You uh, should have given me more time. I'd have put on an act for you. Mrs. Burton, why did your husband kill himself? As if you cared. I don't know. He just did, that's all. What are you snooping around for? The reason. And the reason why you suddenly could pay your gambling debts with him dead. You see, Tony told me that you and he were all square. Now. Oh, hello, Tony. Hello, Blackie. I see you got Mrs. Burton okay. Yes, thanks, Tony. I think I got her very okay. Tony, what's the idea of allowing this man to practically accuse me of killing my husband? Blackie, you said you... You wanted to see Mrs. Burton on business? Well, I did. And I do. That isn't exactly like I figured you meant, Blackie. Maybe you hadn't better insult my customers, especially a lady like Mrs. Burton. I don't insult ladies. He uh, certainly insulted me, Tony. I don't insult ladies. Oh, good. I don't like that kind of cute talk. I let you use my office, Blackie, because I'd rather you was on my side than against me. But maybe you're better for moose now, huh? Oh, I don't think so. I'm not ready to leave yet. No? Uh-uh. I take it back. I'm ready. Put the gun away, Tony. I'm liable to explode. Only I told you that I was here on business, didn't I? Well, I am. Only now, apparently, it's unfinished business. Just save it over once, Mike, like always. Yes, sir, Tony. Once over this. Sir. Ain't out of my eye, Mike. Keep oh, the leather out of my eye. Yes, sir, Tony. Out of the eye it is. There we are. Sorry. How do you like being my own private barber, Mike? Aces, sir. Aces. Working up here in my apartment instead of the barber shop. Working at my gambling tables at night. Like that? Yes, sir, Tony. Sure like that. Well, step on it, then, if you like it so much. I got a date with a young punk who worked for that Burton guy that knocked himself off. You ought to be here in five minutes. I want to be through by then. Yes, sir. Um, uh, Tony, uh, you ain't going to the fights Friday night. Uh, they got a good card. I ain't. But you can. You got the night off. Tony! Oh, Tony! Oh, there's that punk George that worked for Burton. Be on the minute, George! Wipe the ladder off, Mike. I'll be back. Uh, yes, sir. Just a minute. There, there you are, sir. Yeah, that's a good boy. <sighs> Maybe when I get back, you'll give me a massage. Sure, I'll do it. What was that? Uh... I said, uh, yes, sir. That's different. Hi, George. Hello, Tony. Well, you... You said to come here, and here I am. Good. I got a little dough for you, sonny. One grand for being a good boy. Gee, thanks, Tony. One grand for tipping off the late Mr. Burton's creditors that his business was going to fluey. One grand. So he knocks himself off and his wife winds up with a hundred G's and pays me the 15,000 she owes me. Hmm. Good business. 
There you are. Three on it. Four, six, eight, a thousand. It's all yours, kid. Oh, thanks, Tony. Oh, only uh, you know something? My conscience is bothering me a little bit. <laughs> Forget it, kid. Just think of Mr. Burton. Nothing's bothering him anymore. Blackie, tell me, have you found out anything? I haven't slept now in two nights. I'm sorry, Charlie. Apparently there's nothing to find out. I did locate Mrs. Burton and did find that she isn't terribly broken up over her husband's death. That, that means nothing. I know it doesn't. You see, Charlie, if this weren't such an obvious case of suicide, perhaps it'd be something I might uncover that might make you feel better. Oh, it's suicide, all right, Blackie. That note Burton left leaves no doubt about that. It's, it's obvious. All right, you are. Say, wait a minute. Maybe everything is... Too obvious. What do you mean, too obvious? I mean a lot of things. Listen, Charlie, I know Burton left his wife a sizable fortune. That could be a motive for murder. Oh, Blackie, I wish what you were saying could possibly be true, but it can't. Burton was a suicide, all right. In fact, as I remember things now, he tried to kill himself once before, ten years or so ago. Apparently, the thought stayed with him all these years. That could be a part of the murder plan. And if this is a murder plan, Charlie, if it is, it's a beauty... You honestly think that Burton might have been murdered? I am hoping that's what it is. Well, then do something about it, Blackie, please. I can't go on like this, believing I was responsible for the man's life. Take it easy, Charlie. I'm going to find out who was responsible for the man's death. And now, back to Boston Blackie. Boston Blackie's friend, Charlie Kingston, believes he is responsible for the suicide of Ralph Burton. Blackie, in trying to ease Kingston's conscience, finds that Mrs. Burton is seemingly unaffected by the death of her husband, that she is an habitué of Tony's, a gambling house, and that she has been left a fortune by her husband. The police are certain that Burton was a suicide, principally because of an authentic note indicating his intention which they found near the body. But Blackie thinks it's murder. As we return to our story, Inspector Faraday calls at Blackie's apartment. Come in. Hi, Miss Wesley. Hi. Blackie here? No, I'm waiting for him, too. What's up, Inspector? Balloons. Oh. How should I know what's up? Well, at least I didn't ask what's new. You'll have to admit that that's in my favor. I couldn't answer that either. All I know is I got a complaint from a Mrs. Burton that Blackie was bothering her. And I came up to tell him to lay off. Mrs. Burton? The widow of the man who committed suicide? Yeah. What's Blackie want with her? Well, I don't know, but... Oh, here's Blackie now. Ask him yourself. Hi, Mary. Hello, Inspector. I'm Hi. sorry I didn't know you were coming, or I would have ordered something for you. Uh, poison, probably. Not probably. Preferably. Is this a business visit, or uh, won't there be any laughs? I'll laugh, you. Blackie, stay away from Mrs. Burton. She doesn't like you. Thank goodness for that. The Faraday, I've just come from Charlie Kingston's. You know, I don't think Mr. Burton committed suicide. Aha. Uh-huh. I suppose somebody put his hand on a pen and forced him to write that suicide note. No... That note has me stopped, I admit that. But your handwriting expert, Mr. Definitely and Positively Flynn, is getting me some information on it. He's getting it for you? Well, he thinks it's for you. I told him I was calling for you and that you wanted to find out what kind of paper that note was written on and that he was to call you at my place. He said he would. 
Say, I should have been a confidence man. You should have been an ape. Go ahead, boys. I'll keep score. And mark up Faraday's bright remarks on the left-hand side, Mary. You can't write with your left hand. Well, then again, you won't have to. Yeah, is that so? I could write... Uh, the world will have to wait for the conclusion of your latest epigram, Inspector. Oh, yeah? Well, I'll take that call. It's probably Flynn. Well, move, Blackie. Yeah? Hello? Is Inspector Faraday there? Speaking. This you, Flynn? Why, yes, Inspector. Well, what did you find out? About the, uh, suicide note? I found out something very interesting. Uh, don't entertain me. Give me the facts. Well, the paper that note was written on was Maxwell Bond Number 78, made by the Maxwell Bond Paper Company. And that's interesting? Absolutely and unquestionably. When did Mr. Burton write that suicide note? Well, just before he died, naturally. Yesterday. Why? Why? Because the Maxwell Bond Paper Company went out of business nine years ago. Goodbye, Inspector. Blackie, did you hear that? The paper the suicide note was written on was made by the Maxwell Bond Paper Company, and they went out of business nine years ago. Hmm, you know, that makes me think, Inspector. Blackie, Blackie, maybe if that note paper was made by a company that went out of business a long time ago, well, maybe that suicide note the police found was the one he wrote when he tried to kill himself ten years ago. No, maybe about it. You think somebody picked it up at that time and then kept it from the police? It's possible. Then, when it was expedient to murder Burton... The ten-year-old note was dropped alongside the body after a gun was put in a dead man's hand. That means it was Mrs. Burton. That seems relatively reasonable for you, Faraday. Where are you going? Out to Mrs. Burton's house. Why? You going to try and beat me there? Me? Uh-uh. I may be there later, but I'm going to take a chance and drop in at Burton's office first. I'm... George Anderson. I was Mr. Burton's assistant. You wanted to see me, Blackie? Uh, yes, George. I want some information. I want to know why Mr. Burton was murdered. Murdered? The police said it was suicide. Forget that. Listen, kid. My friend Charlie Kingston said that he got a telephone tip-off that your late boss's credit wasn't too good. Well, how does that affect me? I had nothing to do with it. No? Well, Charlie said he thought he recognized your voice. Now, if it was your voice and you got Kingston to be tough with Burton, you're in this thing up to what passes for a chin you've got there. Blackie, I had nothing to do with any phone call. No? Maybe if I worked on you a little, your memory'd start getting better. No. Yes, I think that's a pretty good idea. I think I'll take you apart a little bit. No, no, don't. Don't come near me. I made the call. I had to make it. Tony paid me. Tony? Yes, Tony. So he's in this thing again, huh? He doesn't know it yet, but he's got something coming to him. Something and somebody. And the somebody is me. Get the wheel going, Davey. I'll stick around and watch for a while. Okay, Tony. Make your bets, ladies and gentlemen. There's got to be a winner. One of the numbers always... I think maybe up. it's your number that's turned bet. up this time, Tony. Blackie. Didn't I tell you to lay off this joint and me? Yes, but I don't hear very well. Come on into your office, Tony. A friend of yours is waiting there for you. A fellow named George. He used to work for Burton. Keep the game going, Davy. Right. How'd you find George Blackie? I'm the curious type, Tony. I got a little tip on him and coaxed him to open up to me. He sang? Like a nightingale. And your name was his top note, Tony. Come on in. This is your office, remember? I know, I know. All right. Now, start talking, George. Just say what you told me. Tony, 
I didn't mean to do this to you, only Blackie said he'd go to work on me, so I only told him that you paid me to... Oh! You talk too much. And you don't talk enough. Come on, Tony. You've got a long speech to make. Thanks, so? No, so. I took your gun out of the desk drawer, so don't talk too tough to me, kid. You can't back it up this time. What is it I'm supposed to talk about? The reason Burton was killed. And don't give me any of that suicide talk. Burton was murdered by his wife, I think. Very cutely, too. Very brilliantly planned. She's a smart gal, that Mrs. Burton. And if I prove this a murder, she'll find a way of throwing the heat on you. Tony, you I... Shut up. You talk too much. So, Blackie, you think it was murder? And you think if the police find out it was murder, Mrs. Burton's gonna try and put the finger on me. That's right. What are you gonna do about it? I don't know. I know that dame a long time. Ten, fifteen years. She gets what she wants most of the time. So do I. And I got what I wanted from you just now, Tony, a little information. You know, I think I'm going to stay here for a while. You know, Mrs. Burton, we could do a lot of things. We could sit here and look at each other, or we could get down to business. What do you mean by uh, getting down to business, Inspector Faraday? You could tell me what you know about your husband's death. That's what I mean. And don't think I'm still working on the idea that he was a suicide, because I'm not. You, uh think it was murder? How'd you guess? I think a lot of things more, too. Only I'm a police officer and I gotta have proof. But you're going to admit that you knew you'd come into a barrel of cash with your husband dead. That you didn't want him to know you were gambling and that you owed that, that Tony guy a lot of money. I admit all of that. Well, now we're getting somewhere. Now I want you to admit that when your husband tried to knock himself off ten years ago, you were in the house and could have picked up the suicide note he wrote at that time. I was in the house. And I could have picked up the note. God. So you had a motive, you had a perfect alibi, and you killed him. Admit it, Mrs. Burton. You killed your husband. <laughs> oh, no, Inspector Faraday. I said I could have picked up the note, but I didn't. That's what you say. I say you did. I say you're in this thing with both feet. And I say that you're going to admit that you killed him right now. Oh, well... Oh, no, you don't. Stay right where you are. I'll answer that. Hello? Is that you, Barney? Oh, it's you, Blackie. Who do I sound like? Let's not go into a routine, Faraday. I've got news for you. You've got news for me. Look, Blackie, I'm here with Mrs. Burton. She admits everything about her husband's murder, except that she did it. Now, get off this phone so I can wind up this case. Oh, so you have Mrs. Burton all ready to confess. Five more minutes and it's a cinch. She knows she can't fool me. Well, she's the only one who can't. Faraday, I want you to listen to a friend of mine named Tony. I'm in his office right now, and he's got something to say to you. Blackie, what are you trying to pull... Quiet, Faraday. Come on, Tony. Start talking. You've got an audience on the other end of this phone that's just dying to hear what you've got to say. Now, go on, talk. All right, all right. Faraday, this is Tony. I killed Burton. What did you say? I knew him for a long time. First time he tried to kill himself ten years ago, I was in the house. I copped the suicide note. Then I got this big idea a couple of weeks ago when his wife couldn't get up the dough she owed me. You killed him? But you couldn't have. I have it all figured out that it was Mrs. Burton here. How could I be that wrong? How, Faraday? Well, that's easy. You've had so darn much practice. (laughs) 
You know, of course, don't you, Blackie, that I still don't know how you got Tony to confess. Oh, it was nothing really, Mary. When he found I was talking to Faraday on the phone, he just had to speak to him. But he couldn't make up anything on the spur of the moment, so he told the truth. That he killed Mr. Burton. Well, Charlie Kingston certainly is happy about it, but what put you on Tony's trail? One little remark he made. He said he'd known the Burtons for a long time, which means that he knew them when Burton first tried to kill himself. Now, I never knew that before, and that got me thinking. Wonderful little that to be able to do a thing like that. <laughs> Mary, don't you want to hear about this? Oh, it's this now. It was that a second ago. How things do change. <laughs> yes, don't they? Well, Mary, here's the way I reasoned it. If Tony was around ten years ago, maybe it was he who grabbed the original suicide note and thought up this murder plan. Maybes don't count, though. No, no, you're right. I needed proof, so I sat down with Tony very nice and comfortably, and I said, uh, Tony, my boy, won't you please tell me that you killed Mr. Burton? And then he sipped his tea, looked up and said, well, yes, old man, matter of fact, I did. Rather unsporting of me, what? <laughs> Something like that. Anyhow, I asked him if he'd mind terribly telling that Faraday, and he said, uh, of course not, old fellow, uh, Love to do it and all that sort of thing, and he did. You mean to say you just asked him to do it and he did it? That's all, Mary. I believe it, Blackie, completely. Only I'd better put another piece of adhesive tape on your knuckles. They're bleeding a little again.
That concludes today's episode. We'd like to thank you and remind you to donate at choiceclassicradio.com. Remember, your donations make episodes like this possible.